Hi, this is Steve Weeks, creator of the geocaching rock band, The Travel Bugs. You are listening to Geocaching Down Under, the awesome podcast about geocaching, with your host, C. Michelle. G'day guys, Sam Michelle here, and welcome to episode number 20, number 20 of the Geocaching Down Under podcast, recorded live on this, the 3rd of April in 2020. A big thanks to the Travel Bugs for supplying the intro, as you can probably hear, um, and they will be, can be seen at this year's, hopefully at this year's, um, HQ event. So just another reason to get over there in Seattle in August as well. So without further ado, adieu, or however you want to say it. Joining me tonight is a man. He's a man that's very well known in Australia. He is, I believe, a charter member from February of 2002. That's right, 18 years or more than 18 years now. He has over 15,000 finds and almost 900 hides. A man who is loved by all, the man they call Tank Engine. How you going, mate? <laughs> I'm well. Nice, nice little build-up for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Mate, well, let, let's be honest. Let's be honest here. I, I'm not lying. I mean, when you go to mega events and stuff like that, you, you're mobbed. You, you know, people come to you all the time. They chat to you about things. People who, who don't know even know what you look like that hear the word tank engine and they all their, their heads spin around. They know of you. Mate. They know of you. I, I think that's because I used to stick stickers in all the cash boxes and I always wondered who was that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> was that it? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, we're going to find out a lot more about you very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining us. But we're going to have go straight into the geocaching news and events. Now, as everyone is now aware, with all the current local events have been archived by the reviewers and all community celebration events have been retracted, not archived, but retracted. Um, they can be completed again after all the local bans have all been lifted. Um, so we're all looking forward to that. Uh, I hope everyone is, is, is actually staying safe. Um, in, if you're staying inside, if you're in lockdown, because different states are in lockdown now, people who've got in Queensland and Victoria are in more of a lockdown than New South Wales, which is unbelievable to me. But uh, if you are, remember um, last episode of the podcast, I put out uh, with Ziggy AU um, some information about what you can do that's geocaching related if you are stuck inside. So make sure you see that as well. Meanwhile, we're going to get straight to the different mega events that would have happened. The first one is GeoVenture. <laughs> GeoVenture 2020 was in Millicent in South Australia, GC82DAN, scheduled for like, what, next weekend? <laughs> um, that's been postponed to later on in the year. So still have a look at it, guys. Um, still have a look at GC82DAN. And I do believe these guys as well put out a, um, a newsletter. So jump onto their website and click for their newsletter also. After that, WA Goes Big. Guys, WA Goes Big was supposed to be in May. It's actually been cancelled. So not postponed, but actually cancelled for 2020, unfortunately, if you were going for that. Um, after that, the Oz Geo Muster in July. That was in the beginning of July. That has been postponed a whole 12 months. So that will be in uh, the beginning of July, I do believe, next year in 2021. Um, a bit more to come about that later on. Um, then, of course, the HQ Celebration event in Seattle, Washington. Uh, GC896PK, um, that's on a watch and act at the moment, so we'll see what happens with that. This is the big one, guys, the Geo Woodstock um, 18 in uh, Abbotsford in BC, Canada. Um, that one there is GC86VDF. That's also on watch and act, but, but guys, if you think about going to that, get your get your, your will attends in for that one there. It's almost there for the giga, so it's almost going to go giga. Uh, and I think there's about 100 or just 102 or something Australians going to that. Uh, are you going over that, Mr. Tank Engine, Thomas? Uh, yes, if it's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, then after that one there, we have New Zealand 2020 in Auckland, and that's in October, GC8777. That's also on Watch and Act. And so is the, the last one here in Australia, uh, and that's the Victorian Mega in Whittlesea. The 14th and 15th of November, GC8EW40, also on Watch and Act. I mean, let's be honest, um, this thing's been going for a while. They, they say three months, now they're saying six months. You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure where we're at. So 
Unfortunately, guys, all I can say is make sure you stay safe. Um, make sure you abide by all your local regulations. And I do know now that the whole of New South, uh, the whole of uh, the state, but also Australia, and uh, the whole of New Zealand as well, cannot publish caches. So we can't publish. Um, and uh, just make sure that it, it's, it, there's no reason. I don't think geocaching is not an essential thing to do. So if you're in lockdown now and you can only travel for essential things such as food, um, only travel for food. Um, that's my opinion. Um, and I think it's the opinion of most of the reviewers at this point in time as well. And geocaching is not an essential thing. People have been saying about, uh, you've probably heard this too, uh, Thomas, um, people have been saying, oh, geocaching, it's all about exercise and mental health and blah, blah. That's an excuse, isn't it? No, really? no, Let's be honest. You, do, you do need to get a little bit of exercise. Yeah, but the exercise they're referring to is walking around the block of your house. They're not referring to you driving driving somewhere for the purpose. You're not going for the purpose of exercise. You're going for the purpose of getting cash, let's be honest. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, Julie in, uh, in, on YouTube, uh, she says that we've already lost Mingo, so please give us Geo Woodstock. Exactly right. I did hear that too during the week. If you're going to Mingo over in the States uh, this year, that has been cancelled, I do believe. So, yeah, hopefully Gia Woodstock is coming through. And DTY in YouTube as well, she states, I'm crossing everything for a miracle. I think we all are. <laughs> I cross everything I can. I can't cross my toes. I only have nine of them. But anyway, <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Uh, make sure you keep up to date with all those events that you may be going to. Have a look. They've got Facebook pages. They've got web pages. And to keep up to date with them. And, um, and actually, I saw that the, the flights to the US in August are really, really cheap at the moment. Like, I'm talking 800 bucks from, uh, from Sydney, you know, return to, uh, to Seattle. So, you know, it's, it's a possible to, if you, if you book it now, I'd, I'd buy the insurance. If you're going to book it, buy the insurance. <laughs> so then, well, then all you lose is your insurance money, you see. So it, it, might, it, might, it might be, it might be, I might go ahead, it may not, who knows. But you know what? It's a risk I'm willing to take. So I'm looking into purchasing this week. Have you got your tickets yet for, for over there? No. I do, yes. Oh, you got your tickets already? Yeah, we got the majors ago. Ah, I think it was nine hundred bucks. That was still quite good at the time. Oh, that's not too bad then at the time. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good indeed. Ah, very good. All right, guys. Enough of the the chit chat about everything that's happening in the world. Let's get on to the most important thing. We are here tonight, and that is Paul, Mister Tank Engine himself. So we're going to have a one more little music break, and then we're going to talk to the man, the Tank Engine man. Here he is. Okay, guys, nice little quick little music break there just to, to break it up for you guys. Um, Tankington, also known as Thomas as well. Thomas is your, your real name. And now, how, do you, how did you get the <laughs> – there it is. How did you get Tankington? Is it because of Thomas? But basically, uh, my, my Kasha name used to be Thomas S. when I started. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know, after many events, all the kids would come up and they'd ask me my name and I'd say it was Thomas and they'd all say, oh, you're Thomas the Tank Engine. Wow. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense makes sense yeah, well, it made sense <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking uh, predominantly about how to hide a cache tonight for those new newbies out there and and you know what maybe some of the old ones as well might need some hints and tips um trust me on that i think they do because mint tins aren't the best <laughs> but that's my personal opinion <laughs> they do have their place i do believe don't don't all hate me at once so that's the main topic we're talking about but before we talk about that We'll get into the reason why I've asked uh, Tank Engine along too to talk about it. Number one for, you, for me is the fact that you've actually got like 873 hides and you're still actually 801 active. Well, that's it. And uh, I've been hiding them for many years. I mean, I've been doing it for many years and uh, quite happy to say no power trails amongst it. It's not like an 800 cache power trail. It's, it's all individual caches. Wow, wow. Now, I did, I did go through a few of your Project GC stats themselves, and you do have a different, all different types. I mean, you don't just do traditionals or whatever, you do different types as well. What's your, what's your favourite type to actually hide? No, I, I do prefer the traditionals. I yeah. mostly do a traditional. I mean, the, the thing with for me for hiding a cache is the location. That's the primary aspect. It's the location. Oh, okay. It has to be a good location. I want to take somebody to that location. 
And when they are there, I don't want them to, you know, puzzle about and try to find it. It's it's all about the location and, and maybe a nice find once they get there. If I can't put something at that location for whatever reason, there's another cache nearby or for whatever other reason, I might make it a multi. And, yeah, I'll do some puzzles and where logos and other things just to mix things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I saw I saw that in your, in your stats as well. Very, very, very pleasing. What I actually liked about your stats is the amount of individual finders that have found yours over the time. I mean, you've got caches though that are out, obviously predominantly Canberra, but they're outside that too. You know, yeah. whereabouts? Whereabouts in which states have your caches in? Uh, well, obviously New South Wales, uh, well, ACT the most of them. New South Wales, mm-hmm. and uh, the only other state is the Northern Territory because. Uh, we used to go there for work a lot years ago and there was no caches. So I hit a couple up there before that 161 kilometre rule came into play. Oh, see, see I, me personally, I don't know when that wasn't available because I don't mean, I, that wasn't in my lifetime, my geocaching life. You must have seen a lot in your geocaching time. So oh, it's changed, it's changed so much. I mean, in the, in the beginning, it was just a GPS and no yeah. such thing, phone, uh, you know, to cache with. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, exactly. I mean, was it? Did you ever print out maps and stuff as well, and print out the? It was paper? all. It was all paper based. Everything was paper based yeah. at the beginning, uh, yeah. and it was one of those things. It took me a long time to eventually become non-paper based. It's now completely non-paper based. But yeah, at the beginning yeah. it was all paper. Yeah. I mean, I, I know myself. I don't have a printer in sight, like in in my in my in my study. There's no printer here. You know, everything's everything's paper these days. Yeah, I, I can't see going out with, with a, like a ream full of paper and just flicking through and, yeah, uh, yeah and dedication. Yeah, no, you write down the stuff on the paper and then you'd spend a day caching and you'd then spend another day writing it all up when you got home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I saw one of your caches. Um, it's GC14BBF uh, called Canberra Capers, and that's your highest favourite point cache. It's 83 favourites on that one. Um, um yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, I think that's your highest, highest favourite cash. But uh, in total, you've actually earned um, over four thousand three hundred and fifty-six favourites. So that's pretty cool. Well, uh, as I said, I like to try and make uh, nice caches. Although it's a, it's a funny thing, favourite points. I've decided. I mean, I've got a lot of caches which I think are in quite spectacular locations. Mm. People that find it in their you know comment, they'll say, "Wow, what a fantastic cache and what a fantastic location!" But they don't often give it a favourite. Uh, whereas, oh, just as a side story, I had one case which was in an interesting location under some bridges. It never got many favourites. And then one day somebody came along and they wanted to put this little, you know, the Olaf snowman dude in there, but it didn't fit. So they attached it to the outside of the container. So the container now had this little snowman thing attached. And all of a sudden it starts getting all these favourites now. <laughs> It's, 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 that's true, and we'll get into that now, uh, well, very soon anyway, because there's a couple of extra things I want to say, um, and we'll get into that. What makes a good quality cash? What makes a cash worthy of actually getting favourite points? And what makes a cash um, memorable as well? So it could even be just things like that there, just not having just a plain container, but actually mm. putting something with the container, and all of a sudden people find it memorable, they're, they're mm. cute, they want to take photos of it. All of a sudden, then there's, there's talk about it, and there's favourite points being attached. So that's another another point we'll get to. Um, but the other one I wanted to give you your first hide, your first geocache hide is GC two CEA, uh, and you hid that in December of two thousand and one. Uh, that wasn't hidden by me initially. If that's the one I'm uh, thinking, that's, that's, you, you adopted. Uh, yeah, I adopted that one. Right, yeah, Murrumbidgee Meander. It's called. Yeah, that's right. So I. Didn't hide that initially. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't. I don't think I was. Oh, no, I don't think I was caching quite then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think you, you started. You started in the uh, February of uh, two thousand and two, and that's what yeah. I was three, three months before. Like he's already been out there doing it before he actually <laughs> had his first line. <laughs> uh, um, was hidden uh, by some people in Sydney. I, I assume they lived here before. Then they left town, and and I adopted that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I've looked through. You have a big fan. Uh, when I say a big fan, you've got, as I said before, 873 hides, which is a lot of hides. Have a guess. I'm not sure if you know or not, um, without looking at the show notes. Um, I, know, I know who you're talking about. Who, who has actually found 809 of your caches? Yes, Stars Align has found yeah. the most. <laughs> and the funny thing is I've never, ever met them. <laughs> oh, really? No. Really? I've never... and, yet, 
and I've, yet, chatted yet, I've chatted to them on Messenger and things many, many, many times, and they've yeah. asked me for hints and pointers and tips, but I've never actually met them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I looked at that and went, oh, wow, they're dedicated. They've found almost all of yours, which is incredible. Um, yeah. Now, now, this is what actually surprised me as well, because there's a few things looking through your stats with a, a man of your, or your, you know, longevity, we'll say. Um, <laughs> that you're missing, you're only missing six attributes in total for all your hides. Now, one of them, you don't have a night catch. Uh, I know it's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've started looking at recently. I've been looking at uh, some of these things that I'm missing, mm -hmm. uh, and I know night catch is something I can easily do. And I've actually bought a little epurb, so I can do one of those as well, and uh, a couple of the others, but. There's a number of them in there I don't think I can do. I mean, we, we, we can't do them at the moment, let's be honest. But what we can do while we're in lockdown is actually doing what you're doing, that is planning for it. You know, yes. get, your, get your things together and also probably even build some good caches as well. Give them, there's lots of lots of places you can find uh, hints and tips online, you know. I yeah, think... I uh, a couple of uh, gadget-type caches. And, yes, if I'm going to be stuck at home, I might well do that. I, I do like to do a bit of woodwork. <laughs> Well, there, I see. I see it behind you now. A couple of uh, letterboxes. So this uh, is featured back in the uh, our mega down at Quimbian, and uh, well, I've got to redeploy them at some stage. I've just got to find a good spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you do, you do need to find a good spot. Um, I was actually listening to a pod, another podcast today, and they featured West Virginia Tim. Um, if people don't know who he is, he is a uh, magnificent cash builder old school cash builder, I say as well, um, because he builds a lot of his out of just birdhouses. So he builds a birdhouse. Yes. And the simple reason is, and he says this, and he says birdhouses don't really get muggled, you know, because um, they think it's actually a, a real thing. They think it's actually a birdhouse. Whereas it almost looks like a birdhouse. Maybe I just paint a small black circle. Yeah. That's all you need to do, small, the small black circle, and it looks like a looks like a birdhouse. <laughs> yeah. And it's less, less chance of being muggled as well. Yep. All right, we'll get to we'll get to what makes a good hide. Now, as I said before, this is predominantly for the new new players, um, people who want to start hiding caches and think, how can I do it, and how can I do it, uh, you know, uh, with with good quality. Um, you said the first thing was your location and a suitable location. So, where are we talking about in terms of location? We're not we're not talking like a guardrail near a, a main road. That's something that's not suitable. You like no. you like views, do you? Views, or often it's not. You know, even necessarily the actual endpoint, but it's the the walk mm -hmm. to get there or the bike ride to get there, uh, yeah. and that type of thing. It's it's, it's about the, the fresh air, the exercise, and uh, and if possible, the location itself. So, you know, if there's a waterfall or if there's something else that's that people would like to see that's interesting, mind mm -hmm. you, it's getting harder and harder on the ACT now with <laughs> such situation we got here. It's so many. I mean, uh, actually, in YouTube right at the moment, as we speak, we have a Daniel Newton, and he says, I have loads of new caches to publish once we're allowed to again. So he's in, he's in the ACT. He's a prolific hider as well. So it's getting, it is getting harder and harder, isn't it? Well, <laughs> there's plenty of locations, but uh, as I said, I like to make mine a little bit special if I can. Yeah, and you did make a good point as well, and that is, to get people to go through a location where there's a, either a lookout, there's a waterfall, something significant about the location, but you can't hide a cache there, have that as one of a point of a multi. Well, that's what I do. I've made yeah. that, you know, if you look at most of my multis, that's that's what's happened. It's either it's going to be too close to another cache mm -hmm. or you just physically can't hide something there because it's going to get muggled or whatever, Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a, that's a really good point you make. So there, there's a, a bit of a tip for you guys. But we will say this as well, and that is you can't actually place anything that's within 161 metres of another cache. So if you're placing a multi, then it's, it's already got to be like a plaque or something already significant there that you get the information off. You can't actually place anything within 161. So hints and tips for the newbies as well in that regard. Um and what else we're talking about? We're talking. Um, you said you like to hike or bike to your locations as well. That's that's one of your yep. things. Yep. So not not just walk up, not park and grabs. No, I mean I'm not saying I don't do park and grabs. I, I don't <laughs> hide park and grabs. I, I I find them, but I don't necessarily hide them unless again yeah. it happens something special there. But uh, yeah, for me, uh, 
one of the reasons I enjoy caching is because of the exercise component. It's basically the only exercise that I get, and uh, and I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and that's a good point as well that you make in regards to the exercise. Um, but then when you actually get to GZ, normally you, do you do you like to actually put hard ones in as well, like I've got hard. hard yeah, I've got certain certain ones which are difficult. Uh, I suppose it's a sort of a, a balance. If I hide it in an urban place where it's fairly easy to get to GZ, then I might like to make it difficult and hard. That's the challenge mm -hmm. for that cache. But if yeah. I'm going to put it somewhere in the Magi up some mountain, I'm not going to make it hard to find. I don't want you to spend two hours to get there and then not find the cache. Yeah, if you yeah minutes to get there well then hey if you don't find it you can come back <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good and that's a good point um i personally my personal opinion is i enjoy the ones that are actually hidden in plain sight you know the yeah. ones that you, you you walk past if you didn't know what geocaching was and all of a sudden you find out what geocaching is and you realize i've just walked past that that thing there not realizing it was actually a cache i thought it was a uh, you know something to do with the building or whatever else they're hidden in plain sight so one of my favorites do you have any of those at all I have some of those, yes. Uh, some of my bridge banter series are like that. Uh, I've got mm -hmm. one at the uh, lake, which is like that, which has a fair few favourite points now because it's, you know, once you see it, you just think, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you just, as you mentioned that kitty catch on YouTube, she says that bridge banters equals tricky, tricky little caches. So there you go. She's already said that you're, she likes your bridge banters. So... I don't actually she likes them. <laughs> <laughs> she said they're tricky little ones. Oh, that, that means she probably likes them, you know. If you, if she, this way, she's remembered it. So, you know what I mean? If she's remembered it, that means she's, it's, 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 a, it's memorable. Because you think about it as well. There's some caches out there that are really, really difficult. But once you actually find you go back, you might DNF it two or three times. When you go back and you make that find, the feeling you get, and you just yep. go, you know, it, without swearing, but you just go, the CEO, you're a bastard. Like, what are you doing this for? You know, <laughs> you know that sort of thing. And to me, in my mind, in most cases, that that earns a favorite point. You know, that's that's memorable. Yes, I think so. And uh, and you're right. You know, quite often the memorable ones are the ones that you give favorites. And mm -hmm. even if you did curse them at the time, exactly. And we do, we do, <laughs> we do. Um, now we're moving on to a number two, and so we've got basically the location is, is one of the things you must look at. Uh, number two is actually obtaining good coordinates. Mm -hmm. Now, um, how do you how do you obtain your, your good coordinates? Yes, yeah, so I'm quite particular about that. Uh, mm -hmm. I use my GPS. So possibly, maybe you can do them just as well with a phone nowadays, because uh, I do cache with a phone quite a bit, and I do see that mm -hmm. it's quite quite accurate now. But I still like my GPS. I'm still an old school for that. And uh, so what I'll do is I'll get to the spot, and once I've decided where the cache is going, I'll take a waypoint. Uh, and whilst I'm preparing the cache or whatever I'm doing, making notes to myself about the cache, usually within the next five minutes or so, I'll take another waypoint. And I usually do that over 15 to 20 minutes, depending on how many trees there are and how much yeah. the waypoints move. Because when you start taking these waypoints, you can see how far apart they are. And if they're a long way apart, you've obviously yeah. got to difficult sky situation yeah, uh, so yeah. more. and if they're all close together then i might only take three but you know at the end of the thing that's what i've done i'll come home with it i'll put it into my base camp i'll use base camp and then i'll yeah. come out from there so yeah 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 um the, a lot of people especially new geocachers they don't actually have a gps um, i've it. never owned i've never owned a gps i've always been a phone cacher um mm. and i use cashly uh, as my apps on my I'm ios and I find with Cashly, when you're there, if you touch, you touch yourself, if you you touch your location on the Cashly app itself, it actually tells you, it gives you coordinates, but then in brackets, it gives you a plus or minus in meters. So it, it, may, it may start off at like, you know, plus or minus 30 meters, plus or minus, and it will reduce down, reduce down, reduce down. I will literally leave my phone sitting there on that and just watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. And when it reduces down to under five meters, under plus or minus five meters, I click on that and save that. Now I do that three times. I'm like you, I do that three times and I make sure and then I average it out. Most yeah. of the time those three things are gonna be almost exactly the same anyway with the with the app. If you've got but a good sky above you, then they are yeah. very close. But I've had them where oh, sometimes I get frustrated where I have them a good eight, nine, ten meters apart, even though I haven't moved. Yeah, 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 exactly right, exactly right. But then what I do is 
is I'll, I'll go home and then when I'm placing the cash, I actually use the, the the coordinates to place the cash. Again, it's a double check. You know, I'm checking again myself that the coordinates are pretty much spot on. Um, and let's be honest, if we're within, within sort of five metres, you should be able to find it, surely. Well, as yeah. I said, again, if, if it's a trade and I want you to find it, I'll leave a decent hint as well. Exactly, exactly. Now, the other thing I will say, and you've got this in your show notes as well, and that is if you're in an urban area, especially like Sydney or in the middle of Canberra or whatever, and you've got a lot of tall buildings around, I didn't even use my GPS like in or, or my, my phone mm. to actually, if I want to mark coordinates uh, to place something, I use Google Earth. And yeah. with Google Earth, you put, it, put a pin down pretty much exactly where it is going to be, and yep. that is more accurate in my mind than what any any GPS or any phone is. So I, I quite like using the Google Earth as, or you can use it as a, as a secondary option as well, you know, to double check. Well, I use it certainly as a secondary option, and I think mm -hmm. everybody should do that because the number of times I've gone to find a cache and uh, it's way out, you think to yourself, well, if you had to check this on Google Earth, you would have noticed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I've got, I've, yeah, I've got one hidden... Um, at Central Station, uh, and and yeah, people say you know, oh, my, my coordinates are bouncing everywhere. Hello, it's you're actually underneath the, a massive big awning. You don't have sc visible sky. You cannot see the sky from where the cache is at all. Yep. There's, there's there's buildings and there's awnings, and I say just look at the Google Earth Maps. You know what I mean? So and go from there. Um, I've got uh, Kitty Catch again. She always comments. Tanks uh, caches are, have always got good coordinates. Um, so there you go. He, she's, she's a big fan. And we've also got uh, Gary Tassel, Tattooed Squared, saying, we enjoyed the virtual animal antics that Tank Engine has in the Lake Tugranong area. So you got a virtual in, 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 uh, in there. Was that one of the old ones or the new That's one? old one. Yeah, that was one of the old ones. If I had known they were going to get grandfathered at the time, I would have made a lot more. But I did receive one in the, the handout that they gave. And... Uh, so I now own two virtuals, but yeah, that's it. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and we have, oh, 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 we've got a review on. We've got a review on. We have a riblet. A riblet's on saying the accuracy of Google Earth varies. So <laughs> use, it, use it as a backup. Um, and that's a very good very good point there. Um, a riblet, also known as, um, uh, I can't even pronounce his real, he's changed his name. It used to be iRiblet. He's now, uh, is it Tiddly? I can't even pronounce it properly. I probably am not even pronounce it properly as it is. Um, but yeah, Google Earth varies, so make sure you use that as a backup as well. So that's a very good point there from the reviewer. And thanks for joining in, mate. Thank you very much. Um, going back onto virtuals and also now the lab adventures. If someone gets a virtual now or a lab adventure, what's your what's your opinion on on what they should do roughly to make it actually a, a quality worthwhile? Well, I think uh, the ACT certainly has had a, a big share of the lab caches and. By and large, everybody's done something very nicely with it. You, you pick a nice, interesting spot, uh, something where, you know, you can't really place a physical cache, and mm -hmm. uh, and you turn that into a, a sort of a multi in a way, but it's more elaborate than a multi, and it, it's quite it works quite well. So, again, you want to get a good spot. You don't want to just do it around, you know, the back of your backyard or something. But, yeah. but uh, I did mine at the uh, War Memorial, mm -hmm. which Unfortunately, now closed, so you can't <laughs> find it. Um, but uh, it'll hopefully open again soon or eventually. And yep, yep. Uh, others have done other uh, institutions or something in around the city, or they've all found something interesting to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, a little bit of a tip as well in, in, in this regard, we were saying before about the 161 kilometer rule. Um, what that rule was referring to, what Thomas is referring to, if you didn't realize, where you live, your house, you cannot, you know, allowed to hide an actual physical cache that's uh, outside 161 kilometres from your home location unless you can show and prove that you've got someone, a, a local, that's going to actually maintain your cache for you. Um, you will have to uh, provide the reviewers with a lot of information about who it is, um, have their contact details, and there's a lot of work to get involved with it. However, you can hide... Or you can put in the hide, but you can actually place an earth cache anywhere you want. There's no rules with earth caches. I've got an earth cache. You did my earth cache, uh, yeah, this this year or the end of last year, the one that I placed in ACT. 
I place oh. it right under your noses, guys. <laughs> oh, the one, that's the one in Parliament House, I forget. Yeah, it's inside Parliament House. Inside Parliament I'm House. Do at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is actually. So I've, I've disabled that one as well because it's shut. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a lot of people don't realise that. If, if And I'm always, wherever I travel, I'm always looking for geological um, phenomenon or geological experiences for people. And that one was, um, I was I was down that way for the mega. Uh, and um, I, I was inside there doing the lab caches up the top, you know, getting coordinates for this, that, and the other. Obviously, I'm a visitor as well. And as I'm as I'm walking in through the through the patio area, um, I heard one of the security guards say to someone else, like a little tourist, saying, "You know, oh no, there's Sean the prawn there. It's a fossil." And as soon as he said fossil, I like I, my neck snapped. He just said, "Like what?" And I, it made me look down. You know what I mean? And then it made me look around. I thought, how many fossils are actually inside Parliament House, which people don't know about? And I'm like, how is this not an earth cache already? With with you guys, with ACT, I'm thinking, oh, I am going to be hated by the, <laughs> all the ACT geocaches out there because I just place uh, an earth cache right in the middle, bang, underneath your nose. It's gone. There we go, guys. Look at that. So, uh, Oh, good. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, but with that one, because it's inside Parliament House, I did actually have to seek permission um, through through the through the right channels as well, because it's inside Parliament House. So I did seek permission, and they were really really helpful. They gave me so much information about the about Sean the Prawn and and where all everything was from. Oh, they were really helpful, and they basically said as well that you know if anyone you want wants to find it and they can't find it, you know, come and see us at the desk and we'll show them. And and so they oh, were well, really. I was there. Yes, we did get assistance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that was that was that was uh, lots of fun to do uh, that one. And our Earthcatch review, a big shout out to um, to our, our Earthcatch review ANZ two, I think it is now. Um, that uh, that he was very good. He was very. I had emails with him back and forth about three different times, and he's very very helpful. Um, I was I was asking this question, this question. He goes, ah, oh, that one there doesn't really relate to it this way. Try and ask it in this way, in this form instead. So what my my thoughts are with that, guys, if you're thinking about it, don't be scared of the reviewers. They're there to help us at the end of the day. If you have a, a you have a cash in mind and you think, is this allowed? Is this feasible? Send them an email through Facebook if you want. Um, or you can actually start creating the cash page and just do a uh, do a cash note for them and, and submit it, just saying it's a it's a note only, and then they can go through and check it and then be back and forth with you in that regard too. So so yeah, so that's pretty cool. All right. Um, apart from that, what else we've got next is the oh, the, the actual locate the containers that we use for the actual cash placements. Now we were talking before again. What makes a good quality cash? We're not talking a mint tin and a card wrap. You know, let's be honest, guys. There, I'm, I'm happy to say with my uh, almost nine hundred caches, I have never hidden a mint tin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I'm sad to say I do have one mint tin out there. I do. I think and, I do. Uh, at the moment, uh, uh, yeah. unfortunately, because um, I had a cache which, well, occasionally get muggled, and uh, and I think it was actually, uh, yeah. In any case, the the people that went to look for it found that it was missing, and they actually contacted me and asked me and suggested whether they could replace it. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I thought, well, I can't get there quickly, so yes, okay, you can. I'll let you, and yeah. <laughs> they put it in. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to go back there soon and fix that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just quickly uh, ducking back to uh, what we were just saying before about the, the location, because because uh, we've got a reviewer on. I'm gonna I'm gonna use him a lot. Uh, our reviewer, um, uh, I'll, I'll say I reviewer because that's what I'm used to. Um, that distance isn't fixed. So in other words, the 160 kilometers isn't an actual fixed distance. Um, there are circumstances that allow placements of more than 160 kilometers from home. And then he goes on to say some people regularly travel between points. Uh, two and three hundred kilometers apart. As long as the circumstances are actually explained in the notes on the cash page to the reviewer, and they keep because all that all that information that you explain stays on your cash page, even though no one else can see it. The reviewers can see all the notes that go back and forth. None of those notes get uh, get deleted. So thank you so much for that information, Reviewer. Thank you. So there you go. So you can actually hide ones outside the area, but you've got to really explain as to how you're going to maintain them. Yep. And that's all. And that's all it is. And we get to that as well, uh, very, very soon in regards to maintenance uh, and makes a good quality catch. So people say, you know, try and place the the largest container you can for the location. You know that, and that's for swag and logbooks and whatnot as well. What What do you prefer to use? 
Well, I I agree with what you say with the largest container, but if that mm. and if that's a I can, well, that's fantastic. I mean, you can't yeah. be I can. But uh, well, I don't know. They're not super cheap, and they're not always easy to come by. Not anymore. Uh, and the new the new ammo cans are plastic. You know the ammo cans I like? The ones that have actually been painted to, to match the theme of the cache. Okay. See, I like themed caches as well. So sadly, I, I, yeah, I don't actually own any ammo can hide, sadly. But, um, I mean, my go-to containers are these ones here now. I sort of, they're not huge. They're probably not much bigger than the mint tin. But uh, they are basically indestructible they're watertight so they i've had these go underwater you know the river's swollen they don't leak water uh they're animal proof fireproof and if you attach them you know they don't wander so uh, yeah and because i've got a quite a few caches well i don't like to do too much maintenance if i can avoid it <laughs> and that helps <laughs> okay just if you're listening to this in the in the replay podcast uh what thomas was just showing then was a it was like a metal cylinder and the metal cylinder, is it screws screws halfway in the middle? Just show us yeah, I think it's it comes up up in, the in the middle. And, uh, yeah, so it's, a, you, you know, they're, they're made of aluminium, I think, and they've got a, a seal. But the good thing about the seal is that when you shut the lid all the way, the seal is inside the container, so it's not going to be exposed to the sun. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a very good point as well that you made. Um, so, yeah, you call them an EDC? Bison yeah, they, they say they're EDC gear. That's what's stamped on the front of it. And, uh, yeah, so I've been using those exclusively now for most heights. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So if you don't uh, don't know, want to have a look further, Google EDC gear, EDC, G-E-A-R, and you'll see what we're referring to in regards to the actual types of containers that you use. So you're saying before that they're like animal, water, fireproof even, you know, which is good for a bushfire. Yeah. As I say, a few of my caches got burnt up, but um, a couple of them were, were actually like a normal bison tube. Bison tube was all crumply a little bit, but it still was uh, opened, and I opened up, and all the inside was just like whole ash. So the whole oh. was ash. So I've still got that bison tube in memory of it. So <laughs> I've got, I, I use bison tubes, the, the small ones as well. Mm -hmm. if, occasionally, these ones are too large to put where I want to put it. And yep. I'll use a smaller bison. In fact, uh, recently after the fires we've just had around the ACT and in the ACT, uh, mm -hmm. I've taken a few of my caches since then, and um, the bison survived well, even though they were burnt, but they were still there. Exactly, exactly. Um, and again, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the, the review of all these online. Um, he says the ammo cans themselves are not waterproof, and this is true. They're not actually waterproof. They don't have a seal, like a rubber seal around the edges. So. You still have to hide them in different locations where they're, they're not going to be underwater in any way um, because, yeah, they're not waterproof. Some some people, what I find they do is they actually put like a lock and lock box as well inside the ammo can, uh, and that contains the logbook and, and pencil, for instance, as well. Mm -hmm. Actually, quickly on that, this isn't in the show notes, but uh, I find that I'll hide a, a pencil in with the logbook, not a pen. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on on that? That's, that's it's not in the show notes, but I just, <laughs> just yeah, no, no, no. I, uh, it's a bit of a sore point. I uh, yeah. I no longer supply pencils with my caches uh, no. for a couple of reasons. A because people keep saying it's blunt and it needs maintenance, uh, oh. but because I'm now using the, uh, the I'm using waterproof paper and the pencil actually won't write oh. paper. Pens oh. write on it fine. The stuff I'm using, the pens work perfectly fine, but pencil yeah, won't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, that's interesting. Uh, we'll go back as well. Julie in uh, on YouTube, she says, and attaching is the next impressive thing and no one can steal or take. What is she talking about there? How do you attach well, I, your your your, uh, your caches? Well, if the if the location allows, then I usually like to use the little two millimeter steel stainless steel wire, which then I, mm -hmm. I clip on with a crimp. So uh, you know, um, it's not going to come off. No, they can't be like put this. It's not not uh, plastic cable ties, for instance. No, it's not like, the only way to get it off is, is bolt cutters, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we all know, even with those plastic cable ties, let's be honest, guys. These caches, these geocaches, they're going to be out in the weather. You know, rain, hail, shine, and believe it or not, if it rains and then it's sunlight, it's it, the sunlight does a lot more to plastic, the, the plastic container, than what you actually think, um, oh. and to any any plastic. So, you know, without even even some wind sometimes, if the 
cable tie's been there for a while, a bit of wind, and that cable tie snapped, you know, because of the sunlight and everything, the UV light. So, no, it's true. It's true. So you use a cable, an actual steel cable. Where did yeah, you so get that from Bunnings or? Yeah, Bunnings, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I like that. And you crimp it, you said. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's like a, looks like a bolt cutter in itself, but it's got a crimp in the end on it instead, so you squish the little metal thingy across the end of the cable. They use it in sailboats and stuff like that. Oh, there you go. Very strong, a very strong join. Yeah. Very good, very good. Now, guys, don't forget, if you want to see any of uh, Tank Engine's highs, the, he's prolific throughout the whole, especially ACT, um, and just have a look at his... Um, his geocaching page is his profile and, and see where he goes from and see where you can actually find one of his caches from there. So uh, next thing you, you say as well is that um, uh, that you enjoy the actual logs that you get. Now, this is for people who not only hide caches but also find them, you know. Now, let's be honest. If, we, if you're a hider, there's nothing more, nothing more pleasant when you're a hider is to get a log come through that tells you about their day Tells you about their experience in which they had finding the cache. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I like favorite points and stuff, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, that's not the thing for me. For me, it's, it's their experience and for them to tell me their experience. I'd rather them not give me a favorite and say, oh, what a great cache, blah, blah, blah. This is what I did. Oh, I, I thought about this and I thought about this and I found it this way. I'd rather that than just TFTC and a favorite point. You know what I mean? Is that is that you, you the same? Yeah, that's, it's exactly right, and that's why started me on hiding caches well i started at the beginning but then after i started getting nice comments it it spurred me on and and uh, and that's still the case although nowadays yeah you get a lot of tftcs uh but i still enjoy it you know i've got caches in the act and i, I still love it when somebody comes up and in their log says look i've lived in the act for 30 years i never knew this was here you know and things like yeah. that yeah exactly and, that, and that's what we that's what we enjoy as cache hiders guys so if you're a if you're a cash finder, not not just TFTC. No. <laughs> All right, just going back as well, going back in what we said, Kungula uh, Robo on YouTube, game mate. He says um, you can buy the wire and crimps from Big W in the fishing department, so you can actually buy the wire and the actual crimps themselves at Big W. So there you go in the in the fishing department. Ah, I've not been buying them online, but okay, I'll have a look. Yep, 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 yep. And our reviewer, I'll get back to our reviewer. Uh, he's, he's changed his, he's got different accounts. Watch out, people, he's got different accounts. He's, he's watching yeah. us. Um, Tidlick Reviewer says, uh, black cable ties last longer than white ones in the sunlight. They're, so they're more against the, if you get to use the black cable ties, or uh, uh, cable ties in general, the black ones will last longer. So thanks for that information. Yeah. The black ones do last a fairly long time, I found. Quite yeah. much, much better than, say, a, a plastic, uh, you know, system, a container or something. They don't yeah. last. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, another thing when, when you're trying to hide a catch and you look for different locations, what are your thoughts? So, say, for instance, you know, you've got, a, you've got one singular catch somewhere and it's a really beautiful location, whatever else, and then all of a sudden someone comes through with a power trail. And, and it engulfs, it actually engulfs your cash. You, yeah. are, you, are you a fan of that? No. <laughs> I'm not a fan of power trails normally anyways, as it is. But, yeah, mm -hmm. certainly I've got a few caches which I've put out many, many years ago, and uh, they're quite nice spots. And then, lo and behold, a power trail's come through. Mm -hmm. And uh, before where I used to get nice comments because people would see the item that I was talking about and they'd say, wow, I didn't know about that, or this is really cool, and blah, blah, blah. Now it's just a generic log for the whole power trail, and I just happen to cop it and... Often it's oh, oh, so and so. It's not even thanks tank engine anymore. It's because they just use <laughs> the yeah. It's, it's copy mine. You know they just went on yeah. straight through. Didn't notice anything. Yeah, it's copy and paste sort of thing. Exactly. Fine uh, exactly. <laughs> for the power trial, but if you didn't realize somebody else had something in the middle of it, well, now. Well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, going to back to YouTube again, Andrew VT. He says when Tim with his, this is talking about locations. When Tim, the Yowie man, is doing newspaper articles about the locations that you find, you know, you know you're actually going quite well. <laughs> yeah. what's, he, what's he referring about there? You know, you know about Tim, the Yowie man. He's he's down your way. Yeah, no, Andrew's referring to. Yeah, no. So I've met Tim, the Yowie man, lots of times, and uh, he's a, a good chap. Uh, he yeah. does like to make stories in the ACT and surrounds about mysterious things or odd mm -hmm. things. 
Yeah. And uh, and we've basically uh, shared, you know, things in the past. I've certainly found locations and posted pictures which have intrigued him and I've then subsequently taken him to those locations to show him and he's then put it into the newspaper or whatever he likes to publish. Yeah. And uh, vice versa, he's done the opposite. He's found uh, something interesting and he's actually let me know so I can put a case there. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah, cool. It's good. It's good. So again, guys, really, let's be honest. There's, there's really, there's the three things we've spoken about that actually makes a good cache if you want to hide it. Number one, location. Number two is, uh, is the actual cache type. So what is it you're hiding? Make sure the container is of good quality. Um, and then, and then in my mind as well, number, number three is obviously good coordinates. That makes it, makes it helpful. You can probably say, and I'm going to put in the number four here. It's not even the show notes, but number four in my mind is cache maintenance. You know, there's nothing worse than than going to a beautiful location. You look at and you're there, you're experiencing the whole lot, and then you open it up and this is a wet, soggy log book or the cash container's got holes in it from where it's been eaten by animals and stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> that's for me, maintenance is a big thing, you know. I mean, you've got uh, that cash, for instance, the one that's been placed since 2001. How many times do you have to go and uh, fix that up or replace it and replace it? Uh, yeah, that one has had its fair share. I've probably been, I'd say, five or six times over the years. Um, especially in the early days that was a plastic container and mm -hmm. uh, and it was also in a location uh, right on the river there where it got flooded um, mm -hmm. so i'm not sure when i did last maintain it i know it's a metal container now but i'm sh i think i might have to go back one more time and just to give it my yeah. latest latest incarnation of bulletproofness. <laughs> exactly exactly and in uh, some cases guys uh, I mean, as I said, I, I heard West Virginia Tim talk about it today, and he said that one of his is a, is a birdhouse one, and it's 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 a, a toilet sort of. It's it's a huge favorite point um, um, cache, but he's actually physically made that cache five times over the past ten years or eight years um, because just because he, and he's painted, he's gone back and he's painted another paint, another paint job, another paint job, another paint job, and each time he just he just swaps it out. It's exactly the same catch. There's no different. Yeah, he just swaps it out, well, and then he repairs that one and does what he needs to do that, and then comes back again when this one's when it's when it needs updating, swaps it back again, and that's what he does. So, you know, I think that's 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 a very good and dedicated geocacher right there. So, all right, going on to talking back about the actual logs, guys. Um, if you're logging a cache, uh, Throsby on Church, g'day, g'day to you on YouTube. She says, I love a good log too. I've read some funny ones that had me in absolute stitches. I think it's Caro who writes good logs from one memory. So, so there you go, guys. Good logs are really, are really worth a lot to a CEO. Let's be honest, you know. And and they don't have to be, you know. Oh, this is so good and blah blah. You can just make it funny, you know. Do what you need to do. Uh, make it different, not just TFTC. You know, that's that's <laughs> that's what it's all about these days. So yeah. Um, all right, now you, you obviously with all this lockdown work and stuff that's happening at the moment, are you guys in lockdown in ACT yet? Yep. Oh, well, yeah. I'm allowed into New South Wales, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, so what, what have you, because you obviously got lists then of what you want to do geocaching when we are allowed back out again. What are some mm. of the things that, that, that you're looking at uh, doing, whether it be like hiding wise, I'm talking about? Well, uh, I've already got a big, list of places which i want to check out for hides so uh mm -hmm. if they're close to home i may still do that if i get the chance mm -hmm. but uh, otherwise for the time being i might uh, as you said earlier uh do some woodwork and make some things at home which i can then deploy later there's got yeah. a bit of time for that now and uh well I might just try solving some puzzles as well <laughs> yeah, exactly but uh but you've got hides you, you you're talking about your hiding challenges that you you're setting out for yourself sure you know, you've you're, you've almost hidden there's there's 81 in a fizzy grid or a dt grid there's 81 yeah. caches i think you've hidden what 78 78 of those in your dt yeah. grid you've got three dts left to go right. did you know yeah, no, yes, I, I, about a year ago, I think, or no, maybe even a, it's only six months ago, I started looking at these things and I saw that uh, in mm -hmm. my state. And, uh, and so I've started to try and fill that. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's not urgent on my list. I don't care if I don't finish that this year. I will finish yeah. it. Uh, and same with the other one, which is the 366-day hides. In fact, uh, 
I've got a, a calendar, a cache hide for every calendar day now. I, I hit my yeah. last one on the 31st of uh, March. Yeah. Now, uh, but of course, that won't be published for some while now. I imagine. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I wonder how that's all going to go. If, if and how how long this is going to be locked lockdown for. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how people are keeping their streaks up to date. Like their fine streaks, if they're still doing that. And you're not a you're not a, a streaking man. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, well, I do have one streak, <laughs> which can be a bit sad. I have a feeling. Uh, I've got the longest first to find streak in Australia. And that might come to a, a nasty oh, stop. Yes, right. Yeah, FTF streak. What's what's your FTF streak at the moment? Ah, uh, is it something like a hundred and fifty month, hundred and fifty months or something? It's more than ten years. I've got it here. hundred and forty months. Hundred and forty months. Hundred and forty. I looked at I looked at mine. You, you made me look at mine. So you've got hundred and forty months. I've got a thirty-six month streak. You know. <laughs> And I, here I am as well. I'm worried as well. April is not going to happen and it's going to end. But let's let's be honest, guys, and I'll say this again. I'll, I'll reiterate it, and this is also from the reviewers. It is not worth breaching rules and regulations. It is not worth the, I think it's $1,100 ticket here in, in New South Wales. It's a $1,300 ticket in Queensland, and I don't know what it is in ACT. But if you get caught going outside breaching these rules and regulations for the purpose of geocaching, it's not it's not a necessity we don't have to geocache it is a choice it is a hobby you know it's the same as uh, going to play squash or going to play a game of tennis it's a hobby we don't have to do these things so see tennis tennis that's a, that's a good one tennis is good you know you can play with social distancing we can play with you got you're across the other court but you're are you allowed to play tennis now no not unless you've got a tennis court in your own backyard <laughs> Same, same. So people say, oh, it's exercise, you know, it's good for mental health. Well, you can say that about any any hobby or any sport. So that's just an excuse, I think, for a lot of people. But anyway, that's my personal opinion and thoughts on it. Now, going back to FTFs, going back to some actually pleasing news. I think you have the most FTFs in Australia. Am I am I, am I wrong in saying that? Uh, yes, I do think that's the case. <laughs> I've uh, working on that, that for a long time. <laughs> All I can say is thank goodness I don't live anywhere near you because I like to try and be a hound as well. <laughs> I think you've got, I looked at uh, this, this afternoon, you're on 2,479 FTS. Yes. 2,479. That's more than a lot of people have actually found caches themselves, you know. like. <laughs> and I think looked at that stat last it's about 16 percent of my finds so yeah, oh, and you've got them over all over, over actual eight different cash types as well uh could do yes 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 eight yeah. cash types. yep yeah, yeah, yeah no that's pretty cool um now you were, were saying before about dt grids I, i'm just i'm just basically reading through your stats here mate that's a long time because <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm letting you know I'm, I'm impressed um your dt grid You've, you've got, I think you've got uh, 78 of the 81 as FTFs I'm talking about on your DT. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's 70. Uh, it's close. 77. Anyway. 77. I can't regulate that. That's a bit tough, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're missing four. You're missing four of your DTs uh, yeah, on yeah, FTF. It's not like uh, I can, you know, choose when people hide caches. <laughs> <laughs> but don't get me wrong, guys. If you're new to geocaching and you're listening to this itself, FTFs, that, that means first to find, all right, firstly. Um, so that means that you, you're you actually racing out. As soon as a cache is published, you're racing out to be the first one with your name on that logbook. It's not actually counted by geocaching.com. They don't count FTFs as anything. FTFs is purely uh, a bragging rights, really. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know, that's what it's more. Well, most project, DC does a good job of vlogging them. It does. Project GC does, but it doesn't it doesn't actually account uh, with geocaching.com if you're new. Um, if, if you've been in the geocaching for a while, FTFs do actually count. In your mind, they will count. <laughs> Trust me on that. <laughs> I mean, have a look at Thomas here. They count for him. Um, no, no. Then, who's, who's your, who's your, and this isn't on the show notes either, mate, but who would you class in your area as your most competitive hounds? When it comes to uh, over the years, that that's varied a lot over the years. There's always oh, yeah, recent, recent, recent hounds. But just like now, I would probably go for uh, Flintstones. There's a case called Flintstones here. He's uh, uh, it's Northside. He's probably going to beat me yet. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Dark Side Dan? Dark Side Dan was a bit of a prolific hound too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's hit and miss. He, he, he can be quite a hound, but then other times he'll be oh, probably at work, so that's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's right. Some of us have to work. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Um now I will say this as well. You have um, one one um, one statistic as well that I am extremely extremely impressed with. Now I'm not sure if you realise this or not, or you, actually you do know it. You, you got it, but you are the first person in the entire world to actually find an Earth cache. Is that right? That is right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that when I found it at the time. It was just another cache type for me. Yeah, it, wasn't yeah. until, it wasn't until the 10-year anniversary of Earth caches that someone said to me, oh, you realise you're the first person ever to find, find an Earth cache. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people, don't, some people don't know that um, the very first Earth cache, guys, was placed right here in Australia, in New South Wales, uh, down the south coast, at a place called Wasp Head. Um, that's the very, very first Earth cache was placed uh, down in Wasp Head in New South Wales. And obviously... Uh, Thomas here being across in the ACT, just up to cross and, and, and grab it. So there you go. That's a that's a huge title, man. That you could wear that on shirt. Yeah, that one. And now okay. I can take that away. <laughs> Mate, I'm telling you now, get that written on the back of your shirt and take it over <laughs> to, to Geo Woodstock, and you're going to get mobbed. You know what I mean? I'm, te I'm telling you, I, I, I'd do that. I'd do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> no, that's awesome, mate. That's really really cool. Um, and as I said before, you're currently number one in Australia when it comes to your FTFs and your FTF streak as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People the, don't only, the only consolation might be that if my streak ends, that, well, most probably everybody's streak will end in Australia. So, I'll be honest with you, um, mate, Thomas, that is, everyone's streak should end, you know, in, in Australia. It should end. Uh, it came from the reviewers, you know. Um, all the reviewers, all the states are not publishing caches anymore. They don't want you to go out. They don't want you to breaching rules. And let's be honest, guys, it is, it's just a hobby. You know what I mean? It's not worth risking. And, let's be, and that's the other thing I like to talk about, and that is here I am. I'm 44 years of age, you know, and, and I think if I get this this virus thing, it's not going to affect me, all right? I'll have a cold. I'll, have, I'll stay at home for two weeks. Whatever needs to happen, whatever needs to happen, happens. But I'll get over it. That's it. What I'm more worried about is in the, in the week and a half or two weeks leading up to me showing symptoms, especially in my job because I'm an essential worker, is how many people that I'll actually infect. You know what I mean? So it's not about me. I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about everyone else that I'm going to come in contact with. And you do, no matter what, guys. If people say, you know, oh, I'm going to jump in my car and go to go to a place where there's no one about and whatnot. As well. It's still not worth it. It's not worth it at the end of the day. Not worth it for a streak, for an FTF streak or, or for a normal a normal caching streak either. So, But again, guys, that's my opinion and the opinion of the reviewers. <laughs> But we are not uh, we're not the gods of geocaching. You can still obviously people do what they do. Uh, anyway, I'll get off my high horse now. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Oh, and look at that! Our review is gone. Uh, Tidlidick says I have to leave. And my wife wants the room and TV by all. See you, mate. Yeah. And thank, you, thank you very much for joining us and uh, had a good some good questions there. Pretty cool. All right, mate. Um, well, if you've got anything else to say, we'll sort of, we're going to leave it there. It's been it's been oh, an hour now. Really, look at that. How yeah, all right. Now I think we've covered most of the stuff that was in the notes. I'm just going to check yeah. them myself, but I think we've covered all that. So uh, we've covered a lot. Yeah, I haven't and, got anything off the top of my head. Exactly. And don't forget, guys, if you're watching this live, don't don't go anywhere after we finish the actual podcast recording. We'll stay back with another five ten minutes and talk to you all as well. So. All right, all right, Thomas. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. I'm going to uh, take you off off the the screen, etc., because I'm going to say the goodbyes and, and go from there. So, thank you so much for joining us, mate, and uh, and I'll see you next time on the trails. <laughs> thank you. It was a it was a pleasure. Thanks, mate. Bye. See ya. All right, guys. That's it. That's it. Uh, thanks very much to, to to Thomas for joining us tonight, and uh, and thank you all for joining us tonight as well. Let me get all things organised here. And we're going to play some music and and log this out. But before we do, I will say this. If you don't already know, this is the very last episode that I will be hosting of the Geocaching Down Under podcast, sadly. Um, it is episode number 20. I thought I'd round it on, on, on round figures rather than just keep going month after month. Um, at this point in time, there is no one taking over the podcast. There's been a lot of questions about that. Uh, that's not to say that it can't be revamped um, in months down the track. 
Okay, so everything's going to stay still stay online, whether it be the uh, all the social media stuff is all going to still be online. Um, the YouTube channel is still going to be online. The podcast is still going to be online. All right. If you find that yourself or a group of people may want to take this over, please get in contact with me. Now, I am happy. I'm happy to fly anywhere in Australia or New Zealand to actually teach you guys how this is done. It is not that difficult. Trust me on this. I've, I've done this myself now for, for, for you know, what, uh, seven, 12 months now, nearly 18 months I've been doing this, and I'm self-taught. No one taught me how to, how to do this. So it's not that hard, guys. It's not that hard at all. All right, I'm going to finish it off with some music and uh, and go from there. So thanks so much for joining us tonight. As you all know, this is the very final episode of Geocaching Down, the podcast that I'm hosting. I'd like to thank everyone who jumped on the live chat tonight, everyone who supported me throughout all this time of the podcast. And this will be the last time I say it, guys, but this is CMHLs. Oh, it's a bit sad, actually. It's all good. I'm over and out. 